five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos, Erev Rosh Chodesh. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. opportunity to appear in a show together, and during our preparations, we came to the realization that many of our songs are thematically appropriate for the life cycle of a person. So we decided to perform a medley for you tonight, tracing an entire life through song. As Maminim, we of course recognize 
that life is a precious gift, an opportunity to elevate and sanctify the soul that Hashem places within us. So join us as we take a musical journey together and trace the life of one such precious neshama. Come with me, little Nishamala. Let me hold you in my hands. We'll fly away, you and I together, to a place down on the land. Come with me. Don't shy away, do as you're told. There's a little child waiting to be born today, and you're to be his spark, his soul. pain and evil upon the earth below. Let me stay here up in heaven where it's safe and I'll be pure. Please don't make me go away. Can't you see I'm so afraid? Come with me little Nishamala Time you faced your destiny And as we fly beneath the clouds now I will show you There is so much that you can be Yes, dear Malapol, I can see Kedushin over there Look Someone's learning Torah, and there's another deep in prayer. I will stay here if you answer me. It's all I need to know. You must promise me, dear friend, that I too will be like that. Come with me, little Nishamala. Oh, it's a task that I must do As I tap you on the lip, you will forget me You're on your own, it's up to you So, to the absolute delight of his ecstatic family, little Maisha Shmiel that was his name, Amy, right? Little Moshe Shmuel came into this world. Everyone had such high hopes for him. His parents, his grandparents, even his siblings. But no one, no one davens for a Yiddish child more than a Jewish mother, more than a Yiddish mama. And of course, on Moshe Shmuel's very first Friday night, his mother's sincere and heartfelt tears 
are directed towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, immediately after lighting Shabbos candles. Indeed, there was a time not long ago when the words Vizakeni Legadel were the exclusive secret tefillah of women only. Thanks to Rebarach, they are now words that storm the heaven constantly by all ages, all genders, and they're rising up from every corner of the Vizakeni, Vizakeni Ligadel, Ligadel Boni, Boni Muvnei Boni, Chachomim Unevoinim, Oya Veyashem Anshay Emes Zerak Hoidesh Yiddish Kinderach Bashem Drekim Vizakeni Legade Boni Muvnei Boni Oicha Hachomi Unevovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovov
How to lane my half toyed with drop But just because I'll now count for a million Does it mean I've really grown up? Now I think I've come up with the answer And I hope you'll confirm my resolve Oh, I know the exact time and moment When a kid turns into an adult Though it's not when a boy reaches dirty Or the day that a girl becomes twelve Kids are ready to do all the Stop thinking just of themselves. Beautiful song from the last marvelous Mito's machine. Those early Tfilois must have been filled with true sincerity. Moshe Shmiel excels in his learning and turns into a stellar yeshiva bacher. Perhaps we can say a true Hassan Hatayra. Before Baruch, I, I thought you actually said the word stellar. What kind of word is that? Stellar. Moshe Shmiel certainly wouldn't know what that word means because, as a successful yeshiva bacher, his chavrusas and his chavra speak a completely different language altogether. Hey, hey, I think you misunderstood me. What I meant was Moshe Shmiel. He found a stellar. and precise pump the language to be used if you want to shy you learn it or just to chap ashmoz it's essential it's chashivas is immense why without it the gemara
You know, it didn't take long, just a few months of cooling off in the freezer. But before you can say Moshe Shmiel, our young man had found his bashert and was ready to face the next stage in life, walking down the aisle to embark upon a future together with his soon-to-be wife. And everyone knows building a home is no easy task. It takes hard work, lots of seichel, and perhaps most of all, sincere tefillah to our Kodesh Baruch Those tefillahs were answered. Moshe Shmiel and his wife, Malka Soro, raised the family, saw their children marry, and have children of their own. As they entered their twilight years, they recognized how blessed they were in their Yemei Ziknus, guided by Hashem every step of the way. And there's no greater, greater blessing than Shalom. Peace between husband and wife, between parents and children, between partners and business. Shalom Ben Adam Laatzmai. Peace in one own's heart.
So we come to the end of our little story. Moshe Shmuel's time has come, but it is not a time for sadness and despondency. In fact, as we look back at his life, we realize it is one to be celebrated, as indeed he will be Nena Nizivashchina for all eternity. Come with me. Little Nishamila, and let me hold you in my hand, and we'll fly away, you and I together, to a place above the land. But dear Malacho. No, no, I don't want to go I'm not ready to go with you Will you take me? I don't know Let me stay right where I am There's so much more I need to do Please don't make me go away Can't you see I'm, I'm so afraid Come with me, little Nishamale I've only come to take you home And there is no need to fear your destination You've earned a place right By the throne A place
In the AM, Ohad with Echad Yachid Umi Yuchad. I think that's officially a title track to his CD. Anochi uh, Kron with Sadiq off the Bonai CD. A uh, wonderful rabbi was telling me the other night how much he enjoys the incredible Nochi Kron band. 
and specifically the uh, Barosh Hashanah selection. I told him this is not the time of year for me to play it, but I'll play a different uh, Nochi Kron selection. Uh, Yitzi Spinner had Oses Shalom. You heard A.B. Rottenberg and Baruch Levine uh, together with the Life Cycle um, uh, segment from A Time for Music number 27 at the brand-new Hask album. Michal Przanski had Simchat Chatanim. And Regesh, of course, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday on this June 27th, the final Friday of the first half of 2014, the 29th day in the month of Sivan, the year 5774. Hey, it's Erev Rosh Chodesh on this Erev Shabbos. That's right, Rosh Chodesh Tammuz begins tonight. It'll be Shabbos and Sunday. Rosh Chodesh Tammuz will be Shabbos and Sunday to Sifrei Torah tomorrow. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Chukas, and as I said, on this Erev Rosh Chodesh as well, with candle lighting time, 8.11 on this Erev Shabbos, 8.11. Many synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. And if you're heading up to the Catskills region or anywhere else, you know what we said yesterday. Yankee Meyer was here from Misaskim. He knows all about summer safety and what uh, what's a good idea and bad idea during the summer months. And one of the bad ideas is getting a late start on a Friday. Make sure to head out early. Who knows what the traffic will be like later on. And, hey, you do have until 8.11, but, you know, try to leave a lot more time than that in advance uh, of your trip, no matter where you're going. Keep in mind, Gilad, Gilad, Naftali, and Ayal, and the Shar, Frankel, and Yifrach families who continue to uh, pray, and we should continue to pray as well for the uh, release of their precious boys. And let's hope we hear good news very soon. Malcolm Honline will join us an hour from now. We'll do the weekly update and discuss the events of this week, and there's a lot to talk about. Saturday night, Siegel tomorrow night with Avrami, starting at 10 p.m. Eastern time on our stream at jmnam.org. Matis is on Sunday between 7 and 9. Randy will be here Monday between 6 and 9, both on the radio and on the stream. want to congratulate the winners of a Thursday's contest. We've been doing an App Week celebration here at um, the Nahum Siegel Network. And Shmuley Russell is the winner of Thursday's Nespresso Coffee Machine. I want to thank our friends at Kitchen Click. And now we get into the most serious, the most serious part of the contest for this week. Remember, on Twitter, who you, whoever uses the hashtag NSNAP, that's the hashtag NSNAP, commemorating the brand-new Nahum Siegel Network app. Whoever uses the hashtag NSN app the most will be the winner of those two free tickets anywhere in the continental United States. Thank you to our friends at Traveler's Choice at 212-868-8698. A big thank you to Traveler's Choice. And uh, you could be the winner of that amazing prize. Restrictions do apply, but you have a chance to get to any of the 48 states with a trip for two if you hashtag on Twitter NSN app more than anybody else. Is that cool or is that cool? Yes, I officially declare it being cool. Uh, today's a big day for us. Not only do we have the weekly update coming up, and we'll wrap up this week at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, but right afterwards at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, it'll be um, it'll be the one and only Naomi Nachman. The one and only Naomi Nachman is going to be doing her show live from Gourmet Glot with amazing guests, fantastic giveaways, and really just an incredible uh, table for two program, as only Naomi could put together. 
9 o'clock this morning live at Gourmet Glot on Spruce Street out in Cedarhurst. And she will... Um, she will be heard on jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. And she'll be seen. The entire live video as the show is happening will be shown at NahumSiegel.com. So tune in. She always does an amazing show. And uh, your chance to tune in and enjoy is today, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on our stream. All right. I think we covered all. I co- we covered everything in terms of what to expect today with our amazing programming. J.M. and the A.M. at 8 minutes before 7 o'clock with Yaakov Shweki.
in the AM. Yoni Stern and Sur Mishalo. Yaakov Shweki had Ach Sameach. JM the AM, 7 o'clock in the morning on a Friday. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. By the way, many of you last Friday were frustrated, rightfully so, because you couldn't hear us at 91.1 FM. We were actually off the air starting Friday morning at about 4 a.m. at our main radio station of 91.1. We got back to full power this past Wednesday. We were operating at low power earlier in the week. We're back to full power this past Wednesday, so hopefully you could hear us much more loudly and clearly. Uh, right now at 91.1. I hope that is the case. Golly, it's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. It's on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Chukas, Erev Rosh Chodesh. Candle lighting at 810 on this Erev Shabbos. A lot of synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. That's right. No matter how late Shabbos is, it seems, it seems everyone's always rushing at around 8 o'clock today, no matter what. If you're traveling today, Catskills or otherwise, leave plenty of extra time, I beg of you. Plenty of extra time. And a big hello to the staff of Camp Masora. They're up there. It's day two of their big orientation in Guilford, New York. Wishing everybody a Shabbat Shalom up there. Hope to see you next week. Friday morning, uh, this time, uh, I should say, uh, Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday is next at JMDM. גלי צהל השעה שתיים, כאן שיבל קרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. שגריר האיחוד האירופי בישראל מזהיר, אם הבנייה בהתנחלויות תימשך, הסחף נגד ישראל יגבר. כתבנו עם בל תמיר. בסמינר של יוזמת ג'נבה אמר שגריר האיחוד לרס פרבורג אנדרסן, יותר ויותר מדינות החברות באיחוד מאבדות סבלנות לגבי מדיניות הבנייה בהתנחלויות. אם מגמת הרחבת ההתנחלויות תימשך, נראה עוד מדינות החברות באיחוד שמזהירות מפני פעילות עסקית מעבר לקו הירוק, דברי השגריר. מוקדם יותר הזהירו ספרד ואיטליה את עזר רכיהן מפני השקעה בהתנחלויות. כתבתנו אילאיל שחר. ספרד ואיטליה הצטרפו לשלושת המדינות הגדולות באירופה, בריטניה, גרמניה וצרפת, ופרסמו גם הן אזהרה לאנשי עסקים להישמר מלהשקיע כספים בהתנחלויות. הנהגת האיחוד האירופי בבריסל אמנם מתמהמהת לפי שעה מפרסום אזהרה כוללת לכל מדינות האיחוד, עם זאת יותר ויותר מדינות עושות זאת באופן עצמאי. שוטר מואשם בביצוע מעשים מגונים ומעשי סדום בצעיר. כתבתנו תמר ירושלמי. על פי כתב האישום שהגישה המחלקה לחקירות שוטרים, הכיר השוטר את המתלונן במשך מספר שנים, במהלכן הביע רצון לקיים עמו מגע מיני ונענה בשלילה. השוטר היה מבלה עם הצעיר במועדונים ובמסיבות ובמספר מקרים לאחר שהמתלונן השתכר. השוטר ניצל זאת וביצע בו את המעשים בלא ידיעת המתלונן ובניגוד לרצונו, ואף צילם סרטונים המתעדים את המעשים. הפרקליטות מערערת על גזר דינם של הלל צ'רני ואביגדור קלנר בתיק הולילנד. כתבנו רום ליאור. בערעור שהוגש לבית המשפט העליון על כולת העונשים של שני נותני השוחד המרכזיים בתיק נכתב כי באופן תמוה בחר בית המשפט להקל על נותני השוחד והטיל עליהם עונשים שאין בהם כל הלימה למעשים החמורים ויוצאי הדופן בהם הורשעו. כזכור, על צ'רני נגזרו שלוש שנות מאסר וחצי ועל קלנר גזר בית המשפט שלוש שנות מאסר, זאת למרות שבפרקליטות דרשו לשניהם עונשי מאסר של שמונה ותשע שנים. 
אושר הסדר החוב בצין. כתבתנו יונה לייבזון. בעלי המניות בחברה לישראל אישרו את הסדר החוב הגדול ביותר עבור חברה ישראלית בהיקף של שלושה וחצי מיליארד דולרים. בעלת השליטה החברה לישראל תזרים 200 מיליון דולר לחברה. בית המשפט צפוי לקבוע מה יעלה בגורל מניית הזהב השייכת למדינה. מרים אברהים, האישה הסודנית שנשפטה לגזר דין מוות לאחר שסירבה לחזור בה מאמונתה הנוצרית, שוחררה שוב מהכלא. כתבנו עומר קדרון. אברהים גדלה כנוצרייה בסודן ולאחר שסירבה לבקשת בית משפט בארצה להצהיר על עצמה כמוסלמית, נשפטה למוות. היא שוחררה מהכלא לראשונה לפני שבוע, אך נכלאה מחדש אחרי שנתפסה מתכננת לברוח מארצה בשדה התעופה בחרטום. עורך דינה של אברהים אמר כי היא שוהה כעת בשגרירות ארצות הברית בסודן ושהיא ומשפחתה מתכוונים להגר לארצות הברית ברגע שיתאפשר להם. חבר הכנסת ניצן הורוביץ, המשתתף במצעד הגאווה בחיפה, מתח ביקורת על דבריו של שר החינוך שי פירון אתמול, לפיהם חובתה של מדינת ישראל לומר לזוגות חד-מיניים שהם אינם מהווים משפחה. מה שהוא אמר זה דברי בלע במטרה לפגוע ולפלג. בדיוק ההפך ממה ששר חינוך אמור לעשות. אבל אנחנו לא נבהלים, יש פה אלפי אנשים בעיר הזאת, יש אלפים במצעדי גאווה בכל הארץ, ואנחנו ביחד נילחם בהומופוביה ונילחם בשרים חשוכים. במצעד בחיפה משתתפים כעת אלפיים צועדים וצועדות. תחזית מזג האוויר לסוף השבוע שרבי ברוב אזורי הארץ. אלה החדשות שעורכת טל יחזקאלי בצוות אדר קרפיול ואופז קנטור. התוכנית בחסות חוויות נרדבים
in the AM. That is a good one. That is a good one. Done uh, from the um, off the time for music number twenty seven. That's Ben from Avram Fried. It's a good song. Off the original CD. I didn't know how that would be as a live uh, presentation, but it's really good. Really nice. Uh, before that, the uh, selection from uh, Mordechai ben David Tormi Shalom off Shabbos with the Werdigers. Friday morning, JM and the AM on Erev Shabbos, Erev Rosh Chodesh. Two-day Rosh Chodesh, Shabbos and Sunday, candle lighting at 8.11 on this era of Shabbos. A lot of synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Randy is here Monday. Mat this Sunday morning on the stream, jmnam.org, with JM Sunday between 7 and 9. Avrami tomorrow night with Saturday Night Seagull. Naomi Nachman coming up right after JM and the AM live from Gourmet Glot. If you have a chance... This morning, to head to Gourmet Glot between 9 a.m. and 10.30, she'll have free giveaways. She'll have amazing guests. She really has an amazing lineup of guests this morning. And the show will be on the stream at jmnam.org, plus the video, the actual video live show, will be on our homepage at nachomsegel.com. That's all coming up between 9 and 10.30 this morning from Spruce Street in Cedarhurst. We call it the... uh we call it the um, Table for Two program with Naomi Nachman, the great Aussie Gourmet. That's happening live from Gourmet Glot. Quarter after seven, good morning. It's JM in the AM. Don't forget our app week is wrapping up today, and this is how we're wrapping it up. On Twitter, whoever uses the hashtag this week of NSN app, the hashtag NSN app, the most this week is going to be the winner of a trip for two to anywhere in the continental United States, courtesy of our friends at Traveler's Choice. That's how it works. Traveler's Choice. Two tickets anywhere in the U.S. You have to be the person who uses the hashtag NSN app more than anybody else. That's how it goes. Will you be the one? Who knows? If you are the one, where will you where where will you be heading with those tickets? Who knows? <laughs> Keep it a mystery from us if you wish. Just tell the people at Traveler's Choice. Uh, so that's how it works. It's on Twitter, and the good luck to everybody. I assume I'm assuming, and I think this is a correct assumption. I remember this from one of our meetings that the contest ends at candle lighting time. So we'll announce it, I guess, right after Shabbos or at some point uh, after Shabbos on social media. And you'll know who uh, was the big winner. <clears throat> the big winner this week during uh, App Week, right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Seventy-one degrees, partly cloudy, a high temperature of eighty. Again, seventy-one right now. With big regards to our friends up in Guilford, New York, as Camp Masora is in the midst of their staff orientation. Everybody who's at any summer camp out there, especially the staff who are busily preparing for the campers to arrive. We say Shabbat Shalom, enjoy the experience, and have the most healthy, amazing, and safe summer ever. And uh, don't forget every single day, especially these days, with the app, it's so easy. Make sure to be tuned in to us all day long at JM in the AM and jmintheam.org. Shalom, a dead 
Anton Katz. J.M. in the A.M. Off of his uh, Shuvu album here on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Rosh Chodesh begins tonight. Tammuz right around the corner. When is Shavasar Batamas? Midway through July, right? Shavasar Batamas will be, yes, on the 15th of July. Tishabov will be on the 5th of August. Shabbos Nachamu will be the 9th of August. Hmm. These months tend to fly right by. <laughs> Although, frankly, at this stage, every month seems to just fly right by, no matter where on the calendar it is. Uh, 71 degrees, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 80. Special good morning to all of our amazing listeners out there, especially those tuned in on the NSN app. A reminder that last week, when Malcolm was in our studio, we were actually off the air at 91.1. It's one of the reasons why there was such an amazing presence on our website and on the brand new app. Uh, we actually took questions from those who uh, put their comments or their questions into the comment section of our brand new NSN app. That's how we conducted the show last week. It was pretty successful, I must say. Um, anyway, so it, last week, 91.1 was off the air until about 8.30 in the morning. We finally got back to full power this past Wednesday. So if you're hearing us at 91.1 much more loudly and much more clearly, that is the reason. It's good to be back at full strength. And uh, obviously, if you're having any type of transmission trouble, any type of uh, reception problem, then all you got to do is get our brand new app, uh, use the listen line, um, computer, smartphone, web browsers galore. I mean, there's just so many options these days. And obviously, those who are heading up to the Catskills region, remember, in Rockland County, we're at 91.9, and the Catskills were at 90.1. So on your way up and your way down. Monday, Randy's going to be here. There'll be people listening to her on three different stations on their way down from the Catskills. So implement that. You'll be glad you did. I'm actually going to be doing that. As I drive up on Monday morning... We'll start, I guess, at 91.1. We'll certainly test out the Cats, the uh, Rockland County station at 91.9. And then eventually at 90.1 on the FM dial. Yeah. Hey, how do you like that? Talking about this unique group of people and I didn't even realize that I'll be part of it. Hey, want to wish a mazel tov to uh, Ilana Hagler. Ilana Hagler is the twin sister of our very own Ellie Hagler who joined us on the air yesterday. Anyway, the important part of this is that Ilana Hagler has her Shabbos Kala this weekend. So we say Mazal Tov Ilana on your big Shabbos Kala coming up. Mazal Tov to um, Jonathan Siekel. I hope that's the right pronunciation. S-I-C-H-E-L of Connecticut. His Ufruf happens this Shabbos. And, of course, Mazal Tov to uh, Richie and Sherry Hagler and um, George and Jean and the entire family up in Connecticut. <laughs> I don't want to risk mispronouncing it. And to grandmother Judy Hagler, originally from the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and Lorraine and Morty Stone, we say Mazal Tov to everybody from all of us here at JM and the AM. They're getting set to celebrate on Thursday night the big wedding. So Mazal Tov to Ilana and to Jonathan from all of us here at JM in the AM. All right, great to share good news. Seven thirty in the morning. More coming up. This is Bencion Lehrer at JM in the AM. <laughs>
That's uh, Adon Olam, Rai Baruch Chait and Company here on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Uh, before that, you heard the Adbali Die done by Ben Sion Lehrer here at JM in the AM. Reminder, whoever uses the NSN app hashtag, hashtag NSN app the most this week in celebration of our app week is going to be the big winner. Um, it'll go until candle lighting time. Traveler's Choice will give a uh, trip for two to anywhere in the continental United States, and we thank our friends at Traveler's Choice. Uh, they'll do that for um, the person who uses the hashtag NSN app the most during app week here at the Nahum Siegel Network. So uh, get to work, folks. This is it. Last day of that contest. It's been happening all week long, but this is the last day. And if you use it the most, you will be the winner. I want to thank Traveler's Choice. Restrictions do apply, but your chance to go to any of the 48 contiguous states happens because of your love for the NSN app. <laughs> so make sure to uh, 
to do that and enjoy. And coming up on an Erev Shabbos, actually it is Erev Shabbos Rosh Chodesh here at JM in the AM. Rosh Chodesh will be Shabbos and Sunday. Randy in our studio coming up Monday morning right here at JM in the AM. She'll be sitting in for me. Uh, don't forget um, our amazing Naomi Nachman, who does such an incredible show every Friday at 9 a.m. right after JM in the AM. She is coming up today live from Gourmet Glot. And um, she always puts together an amazing show. She always puts together an amazing show. She has great guests today, uh, including Jay Booksbaum and Seth Levitt and uh, really some amazing people from the world of kosher food. She'll be giving out a Shabbat travel set, a travel a Shabbat travel kit donated by Judaica Plus out in Cedarhurst. All you got to do to enter is, is show up, basically. Uh, this morning at Gourmet Glot. And she'll be there live between 9 and 10.30 this morning on Spruce Street in Cedarhurst. So head over to Gourmet Glot, enjoy Naomi's show, and you'll have a chance to win, win, win. And a chance to get some free samples and to see a great show in production. By the way, you can hear the whole show at jmnam.org, and you can see the whole show live on NahumSiegel.com, which is pretty cool. I continue, and I'll mention this to Malcolm, I continue to marvel at how so many people from so many different segments of our community continue to pray and arrange for Tehillim groups for Ayal, Gilad, and uh, and Naftali. It is unbelievable what people are doing, thank God, around the world, and it should it should continue until it's not necessary anymore. And we hope it won't be necessary after today, that's for sure. We're praying for their immediate safe return. But you know, you get my point. And I got an amazing email from Janet Hode just moments ago. 5 p.m. today, Erev Shabbos, when Jewish ladies have a lot to do, and it's quite a busy time. Today at 5 o'clock, Erev Shabbos, Mothers of Teaneck unite for a special pre-Shabbos Tehillim, hoping that our Tfilot will bring back our boys safely to their families. Unbelievable. So that's happening in Teaneck, New Jersey, this afternoon, 5 o'clock. Can you think of a more inconvenient time on an Arab Shabbos? But they are setting aside the time to make sure to keep uh, Ayal Gilad and Naftali in our thoughts and prayers. So a thank you, mothers of Teaneck, New Jersey, and thank you to all the moms around the world who continue to lead this charge and inspire us to continue praying and saying to Hillim and really uniting on behalf of uh, the three boys in Israel. And as I said last week, and I'll continue to say, what is most remarkable about all of this is the diversity of people. I am so inspired when I hear, and I get in this position to hear this a lot, when I hear from people who have very little affiliation with what goes on on a daily basis in the Jewish world, and they have set aside time to pray and say to Hillam each and every day. And then I see photographs of yeshivot in Israel and in Lakewood and all around this country that stop their Torah study in the middle of the day to make sure to keep these three in mind. It is just from right to left and a, a remarkable achievement that's happened because of this tragic situation. Let us continue to pray for them. Malcolm Holmline is coming up. He'll update us on the the news and everything going on in Israel with the weekly update coming up at JM in the AM.
Before comes undone You've hit rock bottom When all the answers asked for seem ignored Cause you never got them There's not a door you haven't tried But every key is locked inside Your faith is shaken to the ground When all the hope you cling to slips away You're treading water When desert winds are blowing sand astray Sun's getting hotter The highest mountains block your view The woods are deep you can't see through You're losing hope you'll ever find your way
It's actually one of the songs that they did when they reunited at the Hass concert, and it's on the double CD. Lois Avosenu. I'll tell you, we need about, uh, let's see. <laughs> they were on stage for like 12 minutes back in January. We need about 10 times that about uh, for a night with Diaspora. That's what we need to get to all the songs that could be chosen for uh, top selections in a show like that. J.M. and the A.M. on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, also Erev Rosh Chodesh. Uh, here at J.M. and the A.M., Rosh Chodesh begins tonight. It'll be a two-day Rosh Chodesh. On Shabbos and Sunday, Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, as summer basically is here. And um, with Shabbos being at 8.11, even though it sounds like you'll have plenty of time, please leave extra time, no matter what direction you're heading in on this uh, Erev Shabbos, please. Uh, people tend to get a little lackadaisical when it comes to uh, Erev Shabbos at around uh, 8 o'clock on a summer Friday. Uh, I want to wish a mazel tov to the Feinstein and Lampel families. Esther Feinstein and Yoshua Lampel married the last night. Mazel tov to um, both mishpachas from all of us here at JM and the AM. It was a pleasure being part of that incredible simcha last evening. And we have a mazel tov wish going out to Elliot and Nahama Rosner in Passaic, New Jersey, and um, and the Abramowitz family in uh, on the Lower East Side, Hannah Sarah Rosner and Yossi Abramowitz are getting married this uh, coming Sunday. I want to give a special mazel tov to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hondo. <laughs> and, of course, to the uh, to both families from all of us here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations and joins us for the weekly update here on a Friday morning. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Sort of good morning to you. I'm not sure where I am and what time it is, but I'm here. Malcolm is somewhat jet-lagged because, believe it or not, he just returned from Africa a few hours ago. What he was doing there, I don't know, are you allowed to reveal what you were doing there? I'm not sure myself, (laughs) but uh, in all seriousness, we, uh, we had a small delegation that went to the African Union Summit. Uh, which held its first meeting, first time that the, they invited a delegation of American Jews, much to the consternation of some of those present. And we had meetings with many African heads of state and leaders who uh very responsive individually to relationships with Israel. And uh, again, reminds you that we are one, that they see no distinction. We're all Israelis when we are Jews and who come to them, but in oh, many parts true. of Africa, Israel is doing amazing things, and Jewish communities, Jewish leaders are doing things in terms of building ties, <clears throat> humanitarian projects, some are um, investments in whole slew of areas, in Equatorial Guinea, where we were, this example where they have a kosher ho- ho- uh, hospital, <laughs> which has a hotel and everything, but full-time kosher for all the patients and everybody, with uh, several hundred Israeli doctors and uh, managers uh, resident there. Can I find it on the globe, Equatorial Guinea? Can I find it? You can. And by the way, is that how how a good number of representatives who were there spend the convention, basically complaining that you're there? Pardon me? Is that how a good number of conventioneers spend their time at this gathering, basically complaining that you're there? There were several, and uh, we'll be talking about that a little later. 
uh, on uh, and uh, give some of the details. But uh, the very fact that you talk about looking it up on a globe shows your age. I don't think any young person today knows what a globe is anymore, <laughs> but they know how to Google it. Or, or they know what the image of a globe is. <laughs> that might be right. the case. Listen, I know we keep saying this, and having you here last week to discuss it in person made it even more special, but it's, it's got to be said again. Uh, I, I just got a note uh, that I mentioned on the air from our friend Janet Hode, who informed me that in Teaneck, New Jersey today, at 5 o'clock on a Friday, and Malcolm, you know if, what 5 o'clock on a Friday is, not exactly the most convenient time, for, especially for leaders of Jewish families. They are gathering together as a group called Mothers of Teaneck Unite for a pre-Shabbos Tehillim, hoping that it brings back our boys. And again, I need to reiterate uh, the number of people who have no affiliation with our community that I keep hearing from that are spending part of their day in prayer and with psalms. And then again, on the other end, the number of yeshivot around the world that are taking part of their Torah study day, and we know that, it's th- that their schedule is taken very seriously when it comes to Torah study, and are interrupting those studies to make sure that Ayal, Gilad, and Naftali are remembered. It's simply amazing. Amazing, and it shows where the real heart of the Jewish people is, and that, as you said, affiliated, unaffiliated, every stream, uh, we also get the reports, and there have been hundreds and hundreds of these events, which we think are, are better than having one big thing, because the number of people involved is so much greater. The broad involvement of young people in some of these events, uh, aside from those being held at schools themselves, and now that all the high schools and colleges are out, the, doing it in the community is important. And the summer camps, right? Absolutely. And, we, and you know, there have been a lot of developments. The names of the perpetrators were released, and the bodies of the government, or at least those alleged to have done it. Right. And the... Now, that, that, that's Here again, points to come out. Right. That's how I got to interrupt you for a second. For the common guy like me... When you hear names being released, so the natural thing, the natural reaction is great. We know who they are. Now, IDF, go get them. I guess it's not as simple as that, huh? Uh, they have disappeared. I mean, they have been missing. Uh, um, they, they are known to have been activists, and uh, they're both, as I said, residents of Hebron. And they were last seen on the night of June 12th, right before the three went missing. And... Uh, the Shinbet uh, named them on Thursday, I think, uh, as the prime aspect uh, suspects in the uh, abductions, and uh, they described them as Hamas um, activists. And this is the first information, you know, both underscoring the link that the prime minister has made repeatedly, and Netanyahu uh, called on Abbas uh, to break his reconciliation pact with Hamas. And by the way, Abbas was invited to be a speaker at the African Union meeting, uh, which was quite surprising because they're not members of the African Union, uh, the, um, along with the president of Egypt who was there. The Hamas um, have praised the kidnapping, and we know that they've uh, done things in schools and elsewhere to uh, get the children excited about it and the three-finger salute, which is being used uh, to harass Israeli soldiers and civilians is meant to be an insult uh, to them. So the uh, the history of these guys, one of, of whom was a barber, and I think the other one owned a store near Yerushalayim, um, have both been in Israeli jails. 
and one of them, uh, Kawasama, I think his name was, admitted to being recruited by Hamas military, uh, the, quote, military wing. And Marwan Kasma, right. Listen, um, not that, uh, you know, I, I'm sure the Prime Minister and the head of the Shin Bet knows better than I do, but I'm just curious. Any downside to releasing the names publicly? <clears throat> I think, yes, at the beginning, no now. Uh, the fact that they uh, named the suspects uh, after so many days uh, can be read in a variety of ways. Some are reading it, obviously, as a bad sign. Um, uh, Benny Gantz, the, the Lieutenant General Gantz, who's the chief of the IDF, uh, said this week that the, the more time passes, the greater the concern for their lives. Right. And uh, that was interpreted by a lot of the media to lower expectations that they would come back alive. And certainly the more time, uh, the more skepticism there will be about the prospect. Uh, so I think that each of these steps that they took is meant to put more pressure on and to in the hope uh, that if we prevent any uh, bad action against the boys uh, and maybe as the people know who they are, maybe they will reveal information about them. Yeah, by the way, I wish that American officials, especially those who I continue to point out, always claim that they're there for the Jewish world, would be, would be demanding the end of the reconciliation pact between the PA and Hamas as you described earlier, but I, I don't know. Some of the voices in this country disturb me in terms of their uh, l- lack of uh, of being vocal when it comes to this one issue, which is demanding. If you don't want to demand that there should be economic consequences from Washington, okay, maybe I can understand that. You don't want to go up against the Obama administration. But at least demand that Hamas and the PA, that the PA rather, and Hamas be separated again and that this reconciliation pact not be recognized. Well, some of them obviously answer us that uh, Hamas is not part of the government. They're separate. But we know now that Hamas elements have been firing rockets from Gaza, 20 to 30 rockets uh, last week. Uh, Hamas actually arrested some of the cell members who were involved in that. Uh, but the big split this week was between the Hamas members, the 42,000 who work for Hamas in Gaza and are not being paid. They went on a strike yesterday. Uh, because they want the Palestinian Authority to pick up the, the bill for it, and they um, and the, the they're trying to put undermine the unity government because they're paying a price for it. As you know, it, the Palestinians pay seventy thousand people already in Gaza for doing nothing. So the internal situation within the, the quote unity government uh, is has been murky murky this week uh, with Abbas making certain statements and etc but no real action and they're hiding behind this facade of the technical government right. uh, rather than facing up to the fact that Hamas has still been given legitimacy and, and a role in the government. Yesterday I had the honor of having Rabbi Steinsaltz in my studio and that conversation I'm going to play uh, on our stream at 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning. One of the things we discussed and, and you and I mentioned it last week, the, the lack of demands from kidnappers is somewhat baffling. As time goes by, uh, what what do you make of the fact that we're simply not hearing anything, whether it be demands, news, videos, credit, c- credit audio tapes, anything? What, what do you make of this lack of communication from these kidnappers? It, it does not fit the M.O. of past attacks. It's, uh, you know, it's surprising that they haven't asked for anything. I've heard different interpretations from experts. I, I don't want to quote because I don't know which ones are valid and why 
start, you know, people believing that, that some of these things are facts when, when right now everything seems to be uh, speculation. Uh, but it is, I raised this, if you remember, the first week that, that no one took credit and then that there were no demands, mm-hmm. not for the release of prisoners, not for anything else during this time, and it's, it's very surprising. Uh, so Marwan Kasma, Amar Abu Isha are identified as the kidnappers. We assume they are part of Hamas, and they, they were directed by directors of Hamas in whatever geographic region you want to give credit for uh, to carry out this kidnapping. Right. That makes sense? Yep. A lot of people are frustrated. You alluded to it earlier about whether we should, uh, in fact, march on Washington or not. Uh, you're right that these smaller rallies and gatherings around the world are very effective, and we, and you, I'm sure you're very proud of the Jewish community in terms of how, how they reacted. But is, is it the calendar that's against us? If it wasn't the beginning of July coming up, you think there would be a much more, you know, major effort to get more numbers on the street? There would have been, and I spoke to the local leadership and others, and because this, the high schools, the first days were in finals, we were in touch with many schools, and uh, they all gave the same answer, that they could not participate at this time. Right. Uh, the, and, and as you know, there have been uh, manifestations, public manifestations. Sure. The uh, idea of targeting Washington, though, is not, does not make much sense right now, I think, because, you know, the, the, um, uh, the target, and it diverts the attention, the fact is that Congress has been strong. The president this week supposedly made a very strong statement, uh, which was quoted. White House put it out uh, and claimed that he's, they've been working with Israel since the first day. And it was, uh, you know, people who asked why there was no sympathetic statement. So there was a sympathetic statement that came out. But Washington isn't the target in this case. Right. We can talk about the aid to the PA, and we will have opportunities to do that. We've been working on it. We've had many discussions with members of Congress and the administration about it. Uh, the the focus right now is to keep the issue alive and use it as an opportunity to explain to people what is the reality on the ground. What? Why is there this commitment? Do you know how many people go missing every day? Disappear. We see now in Nigeria again another group of students disappeared. And there were, for a short time, demonstrations and focus on it. But you see how it dissipated, and it's better if we can keep this issue alive by constant events. And at those events, they should invite elected officials, right. as took place this week in New York, as took place in other cities across the country. And it is a sustained effort. I think it's touched people deeply, and, and many non-Jews as well. No question. Talked in, in very strong terms, and you see the visitors to Israel, the high-profile visitors who go and yeah. visit the families. No question about it. Oh, Tony Orlando, did you see his appearance? I thought that was amazing. At the graduation. I thought that, well, no, at the, at the family, at the family in Israel. With I, the family, but I thought he, he attended uh, the graduation ceremony or somehow. Oh, very possible, very possible. He was amazing, as so many others were, as you just pointed out. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Uh, I want to thank our friends at jewishworldreview.com, who not only continue to recommend our live stream to their amazing uh, collection of uh, readers, but have been amazing in terms of covering this uh, specific episode in Israel with commentary and in-depth analysis of what's going on in the Middle East. So thank you, JewishWorldReview.com. Glad I remembered to thank them because they've been uh, just incredible over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I mentioned the calendar in a different regard earlier. It seems to always come up. Ramadan, I believe, starts this Sunday. It's because of Rosh Chodesh. Right, Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. So it starts this Sunday. 
we keep reading, at least the way the Jerusalem Post is reporting it, that Israel is somewhat waning in its uh, aggressive campaign, rounding people up and searching house to house. Is this going to continue to wane because of the calendar, because Ramadan begins on Sunday? It's not because of the calendar. It's because the number of uh, prospective suspects and people that uh, need to be targeted, they have essentially dismantled much of the infrastructure of Hamas in uh, Judea Samaria, the West Bank, and uh, and have um, extensive investigations uh, going on. So it's, it's... the calendar, I don't think, is what dictates it. I think it's that uh, they have rearrested many of the people they released in the past. They, they, they are forcing them to finish out their sentences. Uh, so the, the, uh, the question is how many people who they think could be relevant to this there are yet to be picked up. We have seen Western and or Democratic uh, uh, countries you know, take a Ramadan break before. We've, we've heard of this concept before. Yes, people have because it's, uh, it's a very sensitive time and, uh, they, people have, uh, in, in certain regards, but not when it comes to a life and death issue. How many arrests do you think there've been total? If you had to, I mean, I have no idea if you know this or not. I'm just curious. Like, we're, we're where in terms of a tally of how many people have been interrogated at this point or have been held by Israel at this point? More than 300 that, that the last that I saw. And, um, of, and of those 300, we do know that some of them were prisoners released in the Shalit deal, correct? Uh, yes. The 51 that I mentioned were all released in the Shalit deal. Right. And uh, they, I assume Israel has a right to deal with them more harshly because well, of their... Because they violated the terms of their of their part. They were not allowed to be part of a terrorist group they once they were... not allowed to be... Um, uh, they had to be returned to, to serve their balance of uh, the sentence. And hundreds, as you remember, were released at the time. Uh, many of them had very heavy sentences, and they were shortened as a result of the of the deal. But now they have met, these have been rearrested, and I wouldn't be surprised that you won't see many more. Uh, the president of the United States, in a meeting with the president of Israel, the outgoing president of Israel, spoke about speaking to the attorney general regarding Jonathan Pollard. Very nice. Did, was there any substantive con- uh, conversation about this, about the kidnapping episode, when the president of Israel was in the uh, Oval Office? Oh yes, it was the first issue that was discussed, and they, and the, as I said, the president issued a very strong statement about uh, a personal statement, but also about the cooperation between the U.S. and uh, Israel, and the U.S. has said they put all their resources at Israel's disposal to do whatever they can to help. Has Israeli aggression again been brought up at the United Nations in the aftermath of all these arrests and the way Israel's gone in and has tried to eradicate Hamas from Judea? Yes, they raised it. The, the, there was a move this week to, to condemn Israel for the uh, investigations, interrogations, arrests, and uh, it's, it's never surprising. You know, the, the General Assembly passed 25 resolutions last year. 21 of them were about Israel. And we saw at the African summit the attitude still towards Israel, including from some countries that in, on certain levels cooperate with Israel and benefit from Israel. On the other hand, uh, engage in behavior that is quite outrageous. The Egyptians at the U.N., some of the others uh, who join them, it's, uh, it's very disturbing and, uh, to say the least, uh, hypocritical in, in, uh, in regard to their other behavior. You know, I saw the families of the uh, kidnapped boys come out against the hunger strike deal that the Israelis made with those yeah. who were on. 
to, frankly, and again, not to judge especially them in this situation, but frankly, it didn't look like the Israeli officials conceded much in that deal. Am I crazy for thinking that? Look, the families look at any concession right now, I guess, as uh, weakening the bargaining or the leverage position. Uh, from what we know of the deal, uh, it does not seem to have been a major concession to stop the hunger strike, which has become a major rallying factor on the West Bank and other areas. And, uh, you know, the death of these guys, and they have to hospitalize them at considerable right. expense. But now with Ramadan coming on, I think they were able to use that additional leverage to, to get an agreement. All right. I guess symbolically, anything that looks like any type of concession with guys like this is going to be painful to the family. Of course. Yeah, understood. I uh, have good reason. If you look at the record of what you know that has been going on, the number of attacks, the stabbings, the other incidents, and, and the, when you look at the polls of the Palestinian people, that the two-state solution, as it's called, has less than 30% support. And, uh, and even though they don't support violence, they no longer support uh, a two-state solution or believe it's, it's uh, in its validity. wonder how, how much those numbers would change if the boys were returned safely. I really wonder about that. Um, the brand new president of Israel has expressed an interest in meeting with PA head Mahmoud Abbas. Is that, is that a bad idea to make statements like that without the permission of the prime minister? Not a good start to, to the relationship and to, to, uh, changing, you know, back the nature of the presidency, which became very activist under Shimon Peres. Uh, and there was a reconciliation between the president Rivlin and Bibi, who did not support him. So this, uh, as an uh, as an opening salvo, it's raised a lot of questions and eyebrows. Yeah, I can imagine. We'll talk about more in the Middle East in a second. We're, ne- we're, gonna, we're never going to get to the whole issue anyway, but we, we will we will start touching on it in a moment. I just have to ask you about this big story. A lot of people are saying that the quote unquote Jewish American establishment dropped the ball on this, and you could certainly answer that question in terms of the divestment announcement and and the vote in the Presbyterian Church. Um, Tell me what, I mean, you know, it's front page news. Uh, what kind of impact is this going to have, number one, on the uh, relationship between Christians and Jews in this country? And is this is this a done deal? Is there any more uh, influence that Jewish leaders can have when it comes to the Presbyterian Church and this, uh, and this decision? Look, the vote was 310 to 303. It was not an overwhelming endorsement. It was not a boycott of Israel. This is their words. It's a boycott of these three companies, you know, Caterpillar, et cetera, Euler uh, Packard, Motorola. Uh, this, it's, it's of limited, uh, nature. So they're saying, look, we did not declare a boycott. It doesn't come under the boycott law, but we just said that, that these three companies for their activities in the West Bank, uh, they will suffer for it because these com- companies actually have been very profitable. And, uh, when people in the past, uh, tried to divest from Caterpillar, they were sued because the, the results of their investments, the funds that they were investing in, were, were diminished by it. But So number one, the Presbyterians, is 1.8 million people, is a very small group. They love this visibility. And it is a small group of radicals within the Presbyterian Church that has been pushing this agenda for a long time. It's not insignificant, but I think it's a mistake to blow this thing so out of proportion and... Uh, you know, there were other votes in other denominations of the Protestant Church that rejected it. And the people rejected. Their members often reject it when um, the leadership in, in different denominations have raised uh, the, the boycott uh, or the BDS or other kind of initiatives against Israel. 
they in fact say that they still that they support Israel in the resolution that tries to make a distinction. What is artificial is the way that it's perceived, and and it's not the economic impact. It's not going to affect Caterpillar or Hewlett Packard or Motorola. It is it's going to have no effect on their bottom line or on Israel's. It is the symbolism of this and the the selectivity of it, and the fact that a, a church group could could ignore morality and ignore the realities and and adopt this kind of uh, of a resolution. So. It's, it should be kept in perspective about its significance, but it tells us, and those who are, are skeptical when we talk about uh, the BDS movement and people say, well, it hasn't succeeded in a lot of places, it's true, it is not like it is in, in uh, Europe, but uh, uh, they did reaffirm Israel's right to exist and a two-state solution and all the rest. The, the, this was misguided and the Israeli reaction was very strong to it, uh, and said he, he invited Prime Minister invited them to come on for a bus tour, but he said he wants to start in Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, <laughs> and he suggested they shouldn't tell anybody that they're Christians because of what this, the, ta- the status of Christians in all of those countries as opposed to their status in Israel. Understood. Were there other Protestant uh, denominations that uh, commented on the Presbyterian decision? I did not see any uh, statements that I can recall, but I can tell you that Hispanic evangelical leaders, major figures who were in Israel on an America's Voices trip, came out and issued very strong statements condemning it. So did other leaders like Pastor Hagee and uh, many others. Right. Um, is, is there a? I'm, not that there. I mean, I, I don't know if there if there's a reversal possible or not. My question is: Is, is this an annual vote? Does it come back? It can to, come back again. Absolutely, it can come back again. Um, all right, so maybe a, maybe a lobbying effort by friends of the of the church. Well, there was a big lobbying effort, I think, uh, and and people went to speak there and thought that they would be able to dissuade them, and I think uh, they learned the lesson also, that this is driven by radical ideologies and and uh, political extremists in these movements, and who can dictate to the larger groups, as we saw, whether it's in the professional associations or academic associations. Right. And when you really test the members, then they do not support it. Right. Uh, what happened on the Syrian border this week? We know about this episode where a 13-year-old Israeli Arab was killed. Um, but in general, you know, we, uh, I, I, I'm sure that uh, Israel is monitoring that border very closely. How would you describe the situation up there? Increasingly tense. And if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about Hezbollah in Syria, that they had announced that they're going to uh, establish their presence. Uh, in, and the Syrian officials mentioned it too on the Golan or near the Golan, that Israel will be attacked from two fronts, Lebanon and Syria. Uh, there have been investments. We know that Iran has spoken of, of the Golan now as their uh, defense line, primary defense line, and we know what, what that means uh, against. Israel generally, you know, now faces a, a pro-Iranian regime in Damascus, growing uh, seemingly more solid uh, of late, though certainly not a predictable future. The influence in Baghdad, the, the strengthening of Hezbollah, the whole uh, Shiite, uh, front and the Sunni front. You have a radical ISIS. So Israel's situation uh, facing this, uh, the Golan, is sort of a microcosm of that, where you have uh, these uh, terrorist groups and you had a firing, which was traced, responded to the is, uh, Syrian army by uh, Israel. 
and they took out two tanks and a control center, a few other things. Uh, but the Golan, which has been relatively quiet, there have been no attacks for decades across it because, you know, whenever they wanted to attack, they did it from uh, Lebanon. They have said now and said it clearly that this is, this is their intent, and I think that, that we're going to see more and more serious situations uh, emerging uh, from, from these places, and Iranian forces um, who have been more based in, in Syria now are moving towards Iraq, but the radical radical elements remain in in Syria and have been there all along. All right. So and this threat, by the way, is equal to Jordan. So we're we're starting to we're starting to understand some of these alliances that you've described to us over the last week. So Iran and ISIS and the um, and the Sunni they're all on the quote unquote same side. Well, ISIS was with Iran. Now in Iraq, they're on opposite side because Iran dominates the Maliki government. It's, a, it's a, a, a puppet government of theirs. So there's three sides in Iraq. Oh, no, there are many sides. As I keep saying, you know, on these things, these are all onions that you have to peel. One I know, but just when I started to get the sides, now you're throwing in another side. The United States, through Secretary Kerry, came out this week in support of the Iraqi government, correct? And that would mean that we are supporting the Shiites in Iraq, correct? To support stability, and support, but they're saying that Maliki should be inclusive and bring the Sunnis into the government. But that's impossible if they're going to be revolting violently constantly. Well, they're saying that there are other elements, not the not the ISIS. There are moderate elements and and uh, tribal leaders who have said that they would join the uh, Maliki government to defeat the ISIS because they they're afraid of ISIS, who are so radical that everybody fears them, including the Sunnis, and they have no hesitation killing. Uh, 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 Sunnis as well. And Do you agree that those moderate groups exist in Iraq? The tribal leaders are people who are responsible to their to their citizens, their members. And it was a mistake we made in the first Iraq war, or the second Iraq war, rather, when Iraqis told us, and we communicated, and they said, let the tribal leaders give them the arms and weapons. They know who belongs, they know who doesn't belong, and they'll take care of them. And the, the Iraqi army now, everybody has seen their uh, performance, uh, what's called the the army of the Iraqi people it doesn't exist, and because in, as some say there's no Iraqi people, it is a tribal society, and you they have never managed to really create this cross tribal, cross ethnic national I- identity or unity, uh, as well as between the Shiites and the and the Sunnis there. Now you have all of these uh, divisions being um, uh, exacerbated, but you are quite right. Sometimes it crosses lines. So, it crosses between Sunnis and Shiites. You know, uh, some people see ISIS as part of Iran's drive for, for regional hegemony that they invested in it. Now they're now they're angry at them, but um, we don't know that this will be uh, a turning point uh, in the, in their relationship and, and Iran bringing in people from Iraq to, to to fight them. So it's it every one of these relationships is extremely uh, complicated because ISIS see the shifting alliances at, at all the time every day it can be different look at Turkey now gave up on a unified Iraq so now you see them in a sense recognizing Kurdish um, uh, separatism which affects them they have 12 million Kurds and they fight it within their own border but at the same time seem to be winking at it in terms of uh, of the situation I thought Iraq. the Kurds were aligned with Maliki that they are that they support the Iraqi government. They're not really aligned with Maliki. They're aligned with themselves. They're looking to 
be able to, to exploit the situation, gain more autonomy, control of the oil exports. You saw that they exported some oil to Israel. One second. There's a, Kurdish, there's, a, there's a Kurdish community in Turkey, and there's one in Iraq, correct? Iraq, Iran, Syria, and Turkey. And you're saying that not all the Kurds are aligned with the moderate... In Syria, they fought the, the Syrian government. They, they, they're looking to establish their own identity, their own area, and something that, uh, you know, that they've had close relations with Israel, with the Kurds, uh, and there are a large number of Kurdish Jews, or a significant number of Kurdish Jews in Israel. Uh, this is this is very serious. Turkey turned to NATO about its concerns with ISIS, and um, and and came out this week against uh, Iran having nuclear weapons because but, of their fear of the connection between them. But ISIS has no presence in Turkey. ISIS, no, but they're saying that they're now threatening them because of their being in the borders in Syria. Meaning, if they would take over in, in a place like Iraq. They pose a threat then to, to Turkey. To Turkey. Turkey is turning to NATO. I mean, everybody's turning to somebody uh, in, in this, and the, the the situation in Iraq is so uh, has diminished so greatly. And remember, the ISIS just now is close to taking over key oil refineries and and oil installations. Right. They're close to to uh, taking over many of the border, or have taken over many of the key border crossings. They took O.C. Rock, which I keep saying is so symbolic to us, right. at least, and took over the old chemical weapons plants as they move across the country and move in many directions. So that's why the United States is expressing support for Maliki and the quote-unquote moderates in the hope that they'll be able to secure the oil and that the ISIS would not end up controlling it. That, that's right, and the... You see villagers who are not Kurdish fleeing into Kurdish areas, which you see used to fight all the time. Uh, I mean, it's just... So, it, excuse they're me. They're right near one of the big dams, and now the fear is, it's called the uh, Habita, Habita it, 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 the fear is that they will open the dam and flood. It's the second biggest dam in, in Iraq. So, you know, this. It's so complicated. It's just so much going on. So, and, and I, I apologize to any member of the audience who's frustrated by the fact that it's taking me a month to get this, but hang on a second. So, so therefore, if, if, if Iran did not have the feeling that the ISIS could end up being even more powerful than the way they control things in Iraq, then they probably would be aligned a lot more closely. But they're so, but even Iran is so afraid that the ISIS will become this forceful, independent, leader in Iraq that they have to that they are fearful and they and they come out against them and they have and it is blown way out of control for them they like to have these instruments to destabilize and they're willing to play both sides like Hamas why did they back Hamas as Sunni and they backed the Hezbollah which is Shiite whatever serves their immediate purposes and uh, they are not aligned in any way with the the U.S. They don't want any foreign interference in the U.S. They don't want to, uh, in Iraq. They don't want the U.S. to to come into it. Um, they see it as a war between Sunnis and Shiites. So now they're saying, oh, the the extremists want to come in to deprive Iraq of stability and tranquility, which is ISAS, when they were the ones who actually built them up and helped build them up. Right. If, any, if anyone's going to be in charge of instability, it's going to be us. Yeah, well, nobody else is coming in. This is our, our month. We don't want anyone we else. Have the, we have the premium on this. Uh, all right, so uh, we're way over time, but I, I just I, I got to ask you this because it's such an important aspect of this week's news. Israel was freaking out about what aspect of the nuclear deal with Iran this week? Look, the, the deal it doesn't exist, but what they're freaking out about 
is the, the word and the reports that the number of centrifuges that will be permitted. Originally, they talked about hundreds. Now they're talking about thousands. Uh, the president this week assured um, Perez and issued statements and to the, the leaders, and he meant that they will not allow him to have a nuclear weapon, that they will guarantee, you know, uh, assuring Israel's security, that America is committed to the security, I should say. Uh, but uh, Netanyahu is now going to launch a diplomatic initiative directed at the at the P5 plus one because they are now going to engage in two weeks of marathon talks, we're told, mm. that uh, to lead up to the Ju- July 20th deadline. The Russians are the ones who have been talking about it, and they're pressing for a solution, and they talk about the wanting an end to, to sanctions. That's Iraq, Iran's goal is not so much to make a deal as to get relief from the sanctions. And Israel sees in this the, the makings of what they call a bad deal. Right. And all along, President said, no deal is better than a bad deal. Right. And the question was always the definition of a bad deal. So the, we're coming now to a critical stage uh, in that uh, the deadline, it's not a hard deadline. It could be extended for six months. The President said they're not going to extend it just for the sake of extension. Uh, but the, the everybody in the Middle East is, you know, is holding their breath. And the fear is that the West backs off. You know, they didn't do anything when it comes to protecting their own interests. Now, just a sign on the ISIS that British Muslims are being recruited for ISIS. Mm-hmm. And they announce it, and there are, there are videos of them tearing up their passports, of Jordanians tearing up their passports, saying that they are joining uh, the ISIS group. So the whole region is an uproar, and the worst thing, the worst uh, fuel you could put on this plane is that Iran will have the capacity to build a nuclear weapon. Would it be accurate to call any person who wants to be part of the ISAS a radical Muslim, or is that not politically correct? Yes, and they, uh, they certainly are once they get there. Uh, all right, a couple of quick things. Just really, 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 Did you see the article in the New York Times over last weekend about the French Jews moving to Israel? I know, yes, and there are there were talks this week. There was a meeting because the, uh, on the anniversary uh, of what took place in Brussels, right. and they're saying, well, we'll deal with it, but it has to be European-wide, something we urged them a long time ago, but the, the recognition that they have no real way of containing it and of dealing with it, and it, it's a third of, of European jury has indicated that they want to leave. There's a new organization set up and money being put by Israel uh, for, for Aliyah, but I saw Germany is setting up uh, a system to make it easier for Ukrainian Jews to emigrate to Germany. Go figure. Yeah, right. Unbelievable. <laughs> and finally, 10 seconds, your relationship with Howard Baker. With Howard Baker? Yeah, I mean, he passed away. I'm yeah. curious if, if you would call him one of the good guys or bad guys when it came to international foreign policy. No, Howard Baker was, we worked with Howard Baker for, for many years. It was, it was somewhat mixed, but... I would say overall he was uh, he was supportive in a lot of the key times. There you go. All right, Malcolm. Oh, let me just remind everyone, next week Malcolm's in Israel. If I am here, we'll certainly do a 4th of July weekly update from Israel. And uh, if not, uh, we'll let everyone know toward the uh, end of the week. Have a wonderful Shabbos and a very uh, nice trip to the Holy Land. Thank you. Oh, and everybody out there. Consider this idea. We did it last week, and I hope other synagogues uh, consider it. Three empty chairs in your synagogue until the safe return of Ayal Gilad and Naftali. Let's continue to pray for Ayal Gilad and Naftali. And a one of the nice, there are a lot of nice gestures out there that a lot of people are uh, taking on, and uh, one of them that's synagogue wide throughout the world. Uh, some people are 
taking uh, Rabbi Aliyah Fink's suggestion and leaving three empty chairs. It's a beautiful gesture. And just another suggestion. 28 minutes after 8 o'clock, it's Friday at JM and the AM. A half hour from now, Naomi Nachman live from Gourmet Glot on Spruce Street in Cedarhurst. She'll have giveaways, a great guest list, and plenty more. All happening on Table for Two right after JM and the AM. You'll be able to see it at NachumSiegel.com website. You'll be able to hear it through all of our platforms, including the NSN app. And don't forget, this is NSN App Celebration Week. If you're on Twitter, whoever uses the hashtag NSN app the most this week, will be the winner of that trip for two to anywhere in the continental United States, courtesy of our friends at Traveler's Choice. All you got to do is use the NSN app hashtag more than anybody else. This time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Good Arab... Rosh Chodesh. Tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. And tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas Chukas. According to the Chinuch, Pashas Chukas contains three mitzvos, all found in the first part of the Parsha, from which the Parsha gets its name, Zos Chukas HaTorah. The first part of the Parsha deals with the laws of Pura Aduma. The red heifer, which has the capacity to, upon when mixed with water and sprinkled on an individual who is impure, because they have become tamay, impure, due to their contact with the dead or under the same roof as the dead, yet the one who administers this sprinkling, the Kohen, he becomes Tamei for a day. The wise King Solomon said, Omarti Achkama, I thought I could understand all of Torah, but many. this is beyond me. This is the paradigmatic chok of the Torah, the law which we cannot understand. The Parsha then goes on, and immediately after this, we are told that the Jewish people came to Midbar Sin, and this is in the last year of their traveling in the desert. And what happens? But Thomas Shum Miriam, Miriam dies, but Shum. And she was buried there. And immediately thereafter, the Torah tells us, There was no water for the people. They gather against Moshe and Aaron. And they quarrel. And the rest, as they say, is history. We know you have the sad, tragic incident of Maimariva whereby Moshe, who instead of speaking to the rock, Moshe hits the rock, and Moshe and Aaron are told they will not lead the Jewish people into Eretz Yisrael. Their fate is sealed. I'd like to focus this morning 
on two different aspects of this familiar story to us and to try to take note of two different points both of which I think are rather significant with the clear understanding that aim base medrash below chidush each time we have the privilege of studying Torah we can always note wow, some new insight some new understanding the first thing the rabbis tell us is that take note whereas in this week's parsha, when Aharon dies, the Torah tells us that the last pasuk in chapter 20 the entire nation saw that Aaron died. They mourned for Aaron 30 days. Call base Israel, the entire house of Israel. And if you look at the very end of the Torah, where the Torah describes the death of Moshe, so we're told that after Moshe dies, Vayivku. B'nei Yisrael is Moshe, Ba'arvos Moav, they mourn for Moshe, Shloshim Yom, 30 days. Now, their commentaries point out that by Aaron, called Beis Yisrael, the entire house, men and women, because Aaron was that Oiv Shalom and Rodev Shalom, the pursuer of peace. For Moshe, they mourn 30 days. And for Miriam, there is absolutely no mention of any mourning, just she died and she was buried. What do we find immediately in the very next verse after the death of Miriam? There was no water for the people. And Rashi tells us, in quoting the Gemara in Tanis, Daftes Amaralith 9a. Mikan, from here we learn out, Shakol Arbaim Shana, the entire 40 years that they were in the desert, Hayolehem Abe'er, the well of water that emerged from the rock, which was a miracle on a daily basis, was. Bischus Miriam in the merit of Miriam. The same Gemara in Tanis Tes teaches that the man came in the merit of Moshe and the Anani Kavod, the clouds, the protective clouds of glory came in the merit of Aaron. The Gemara doesn't tell us why the Be'er came in the Schus in the merit of Miriam. However, Rabbeinu Bachaya, in his commentary, tells us that Kishemesa Miriam, when Miriam died, Nistalek HaBe'er, the Be'er, the well of water, ceased because it was in her merit. She had the incredible merit of water from Moshe Shenemar as we are taught in the second chapter of Shmos that they hide baby Moshe for the first three months after his life. Moshe was born at the time 
that Paro had made the decree, all the Jewish baby boys were to be cast into the river. They couldn't hide Moshe more than three months, and we know little baby Moshe was put in the basket, and the Torah tells us that his sister stood from a distance watching, caring for her baby brother. Now I ask you, this act that Miriam did, which, forgive me, is almost a natural act, meaning how could she not be concerned? Even leaving alone the fact that she prophesied to her father that her parents would um, bring into this world the individual who would work with God to redeem them and bring them out of Egypt. My goodness, she has a younger brother whose life is in danger. Of course she's going to be concerned regarding his welfare. But... What do we see from this? We see from this such an incredible idea as we find in the second parak of Avos in the first Mishnah. Rebbe taught, Be as scrupulous and careful in performing what you would consider perhaps a minor mitzvah as kibachamura as in your performance of a major mitzvah. Why? She'ena toyodeya sechoron mitzvot. For you don't know the reward given for the respective mitzvot. So what do we find? The rabbis tell us that for 40 years the Jewish people were nourished with fresh water on behalf of Miriam. And now, ouch! Unfortunately, the Jewish people did not appreciate Miriam. Proof, when she dies, they don't mourn her sufficiently as the Torah deletes and omits as it does by Moshe and Aaron. And therefore, Hashem said, Oh yeah, I will show you who this Miriam is. You don't appreciate who Miriam is? I will show you who she is. Now, what was the incredible consequence of this phenomenon? Well, you're going to tell me that as a result, as we mentioned earlier, Moshe and Aaron, their fate was sealed. They would not lead the Jewish people into the promised land. But my friends, it's much deeper than that. If you look in the Orachayim HaKadosh, in this week's parsha, in his treatment of May Mariva, he has a long essay. And in that essay, the Orachayim makes the following exceedingly bold statement. That had Moshe brought the Jewish people into the land of Israel, he would have overseen the building of the Beis Hamikdash. That Beis Hamikdash never would have been destroyed, and the Jewish people would never have been exiled from their land. This is found in this week's parsha, in the commentary of the Orachaim, chapter twenty, verse eight. Now, look at what's happening over here. 
What's happening over here is that as a result of they're not having water, Moshe, whatever he does wrong, as Rashi says, he hit instead of speaking. The Orachayim HaKadosh suggests earlier in his essay no less than ten different possibilities as to what was Moshe's hate. We don't know exactly, but we know one thing, that as a result of this, Jewish history was significantly altered. And we know more, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives man free will. But even though Hashem knew that this would happen, and Moshe would hit the rock, Moshe is not stopped from so doing, and Hashem takes away the water. Now watch. According to the Yalkut Shimoni, again, in this week's parsha, you'll take a look in Remez, Tafshin, Samach Gimel, in the Yalkut, we find that our rabbis teach us, Chazra Bishus Shnehem, that the well came back in the merit of Moshe and Aaron. In other words, it stopped when she died, there was the tragic incident of Memeriva, and then Moshe and Aaron were able to bring it back. If Moshe and, Abel and Aaron were able to bring it back, asks Reb Meir Abavitz, Zechad Sadik Levracha, couldn't they keep it? It's more difficult to restore than to maintain. And therefore he says, yes, but Hashem wanted to show my goodness the effects of lack of Hakoras Hatov. Because unfortunately the Jewish people were not sufficiently grateful. They did not appreciate that which Miriam did look at the horrific consequence that the entire people then and world history and Jewish history was affected as a result of this incident. What happens and what emerges from this is as follows. Tomorrow, as I pointed out, is Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. We know that beginning on the 17th day of Tammuz is the fast of Shavasa Tammuz, which initiates the period of the three weeks, culminating with Tisha B'Av. And if anybody were to ask you, tell me, what caused the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash? So you're going to tell me, and you're right, that the Gemara says it was Sinas Chinam. It was the breakdown of man to man. And I'm going to tell you that there's even an earlier source there was a terrible deficiency within our people of Hakoras Hatov. They were not sufficiently grateful to Miriam. As a result of that, no water. As a result of that, Memeriva. As a result of that, Moshe doesn't go in. As a result of that, the Beis Amigdash is destroyed. As a result of that, the Jewish people go into Golas. What a powerful lesson. Two lessons emerge so strong from Pasha Schukas. The first thing is, just look at what Miriam did. Every mitzvah, my friend, is a jewel. Every jewel is precious. A larger one and a smaller one. Don't pass up what appears to be a small one. You don't know what it means to stop 
and find a mincha. You don't know what it means to call a parent Erev Shabbos, to call a grandparent and wish them a good Shabbos. We don't know the schar of mitzvot. We don't know what it means to help a wife on an Erev Shabbos. And finally, Hakoras Hatov. Hakoras Hatov being grateful and giving the next person that proper recognition for that which they have done for us. Just take a look how different our history would be if we had a little bit more Hakoras Hatov. Shabbat Shalom and Good Chodesh to all.
Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Erev Rosh Chodesh, a two-day Rosh Chodesh with candle lighting at 8.10 on this Erev Shabbos. 8.10 is candle lighting time. Uh, hey, don't forget that um, <laughs> I mentioned this yesterday. The Exxon station at 842 Route 17 North now has a kosher to go. The Exxon station at 842 Route, uh, Route 17 North in Ramsey, New Jersey, just past the um, Lake Street exit, has a kosher to go under the supervision of Rav Zisha Blech. And uh, they have a whole bunch of great stuff there, I am told, including sushi and kugel and everything. So check it out today as you head up to the Catskills region. Uh, they're at the Exxon station up there on Route 17. Mazal tov to the uh, Rosner and uh, Rosner family of Passaic, New Jersey, the Abramowitz family on the Lower East Side, the big Simchas this Sunday. Yossi Zofrof is tomorrow. We say Mazal tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. Um, don't forget, App Week is coming to a close. You want to be the big winner? Here's what you got to do. Use the NSN app hashtag more than anybody else on Twitter. Hashtag NSN app, and you're the winner of App Week. And you get a, a free trip for two to anywhere in the continental United States, courtesy of our friends at Traveler's Choice. Thank you, Traveler's Choice. By the way, Naomi Nachman's coming up next. Naomi Nachman is coming up next. On our stream at jmtheam.org, you'll be able to see the entire presentation from Gourmet Glot on Spruce Street in Cedarhurst, starting at 9 o'clock on the, on the web at nachumsegel.com. The video will be up there. You'll be able to see it live. Live and in living color. And she has great guests, some wonderful giveaways, a great show today. If you have a chance to stop by Gourmet Glot before 10.30 in the morning out in Cedarhurst, do it. It's a lot of fun. Listener Larry's out there in Jamaica. He is um, he has met the brand new Chabad rabbi who's opening a brand new and first Chabad house in Montego Bay, Jamaica. So listener Larry, I bet is on the app or maybe he's on the stream, listening into a Friday JM in the AM all the way from Jamaica, and I don't mean Jamaica Queens. <laughs> I'm talking about Jamaica, Montego Bay. So there you go. <laughs> Naomi just posted a picture of uh, ZK and her preparing for... That is a great backdrop. Naomi Nachman on Facebook, the Aussie chef, has just posted a picture of her and engineer ZK getting ready for the show at Gourmet Glot nine minutes from now. The backdrop is spectacular. No wonder it has so many likes already. The backdrop is like every imaginable snack you could ever dream of for a Shabbos afternoon sitting right in back of them. That is great. So Naomi's coming up and uh, we'll proudly present that show starting at 9 o'clock Eastern time on the stream at jmandtheam.org.
with that amazing selection, Kamubaneha. Don't forget that uh, Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night starting at 10 p.m. Eastern time on the stream. Mat is 7 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday with JM Sunday. I don't know if Matis could top last week's show. Last week was unbelievable. His conversation with member of Knesset Dove Littman and a whole bunch of other great things. Uh, but he'll try, and knowing him, he'll succeed. 7 o'clock in the morning this coming Sunday. Monday, Randy's in for me right here at JM in the AM. Time to say good Shabbos with candle lighting at 8.11 on this Erev Shabbos, Erev Rosh Chodesh at JM in the AM. The sun is going down. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by. So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift That's waiting there for you Oh, it's time to say good job Cause all your work is done Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine. Man and his creator, it's a very special sign. Your candles will be burning, they'll fill your home with light. Singing songs of Shabbos, well, it's 
My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Wraps up another amazing week, app week here at JM and the AM. Don't forget, use that NSN app hashtag to win the prize from Traveler's Choice. Whoever uses it the most this week before candle lighting time will, in fact, be the winner of that great prize. Naomi Nachman is next with an amazing show live from Gourmet Glot on Spruce Street in Cedarhurst. Wonderful guests, great giveaways. If you have a chance to stop by between now and 10.30 a.m., make sure to do so. And you can watch the whole thing at NachumSiegel.com and hear it, of course, through all of our platforms. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend, everybody. Continue to pray for Elad, for, for Eyal, Gilad, and Naftali. And uh, Monday morning, Randy will be here. I plan on being here Tuesday, Bezrat Hashem. Till then, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.